Well, good evening. Last week we spoke about the masks that we all wear, and we met a group in Mark chapter 7, page 1010, who think that they are the clean people. And they accuse Jesus of having defiled disciples. Verse 4 on that same page. Uh, why don't your disciples live according to the traditions of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? And what happened last week is that we saw how Jesus exposes them. Verse 6, you are hypocrites. In fact, all of your cleanness is just a, a mask that you put over the top of what is really going on in your heart. Uh, they were the, the experts in human religion, but that only cleans the outside. And we said that this week, we would need to look inside and ask, how clean are we on the inside? And this week, what happens is Jesus, he, he sort of turns away from the, the clean people, and he speaks first to the crowd, verse 14, and then he speaks to the disciples, verse 17. Uh, they accuse you of being defiled. Well, let me tell you what is really inside a human being. And we've got two headings tonight. Here they are. Jesus enables us to look at our hearts, and Jesus cleans our hearts. And those are, are both good news, liberating hopeful, leveling, but the, the way to them is through something very negative that Jesus has to say about our hearts. Uh, verse 21, it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. So my heart, your heart, the hearts of the clean people, despite all of their hypocrisy, his disciples' hearts, all of us, defiled by the evil that comes out of our hearts. And I also need to warn you a little bit about the illustration that Jesus uses, or the parable, they call it in verse 17. So they ask Jesus about washing, before you eat, and he replies with something about food. Verse 15, nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. Or again, verse 18, nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them, for it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. Um, and all day today at All Souls, we're thinking about culture and belonging and inclusion. And at the meeting um, earlier, there was some comment from the front, I think maybe we'll hear it again uh, this evening, about how some cultures communicate differently. Some cultures communicate bluntly, uh, and uh, some don't. And Jesus, he is from a, um, a blunt culture. And the English, in particular frequently misunderstand him. So um, here's that verse as it appears in our translation, uh, for it doesn't go into the heart but out into their stomach and then out of the body. It's very English. Um, and to try and get as far away from contemporary England as I possibly could, here is a translation that is Roman Catholic, French, Latin, uh, and also was Americanized over 100 years ago. 
So there it is, because it entereth not into his heart, but goeth into the belly and goeth out into the privy. Um, Now that is a, a lot closer to what Jesus actually said and what Mark wrote down, and it's just about okay for me as an English person. There's, in fact, two of my cousins here this evening. So I'm having to, you know, the people that my mum told me to be polite to all my life, having to talk about this too. Um, the word in the original is sewer. Uh, that's what Jesus says. And the NIV just thinks, the translation we have, just thinks that might just be too much for you to cope with. Um, here is a, a modern English version that has it right. Since it enters not the heart, but the stomach and goes out into the sewer. Um, So there is a heart, and there is a gut, and here is a a conversation that I'm not entirely comfortable having in church in W1. Jesus wants us to understand the difference between our heart and our guts, and he wants us to think about that in the way that a sewage engineer or a nurse would think about this. See the, um, let me see if I can find a blank slide so you don't have to look at that for too long. There we go. Um, you see that the Pharisees think that as long as they can control what goes into the body, then they can stay clean entirely. But Jesus says, no, no, you are confused about basic biology. Uh, have you not really been paying attention since potty training? The the two pictures, they're two biological systems, the heart and the guts. What you put into your mouth, it does not go into your heart. In fact, really, it doesn't go into you at all. Um, Again, if I can put it like this without, um, well, with some apologies to the English and the sensitive, when it comes to eating, um, you are much more like a tube than you are like a bag, is Jesus' point. Um, You can clean the food, you can clean your hands, but it is just moving through you and then out. All of their religious efforts, these were the experts, all they've done is make for a slightly cleaner toilet. So the shock is what I've got on the screen for us there now. The problem is not out there. The problem is in here, says Jesus. And they think that they are clean, and they think that what they need to do is to protect themselves from all of the defilement that is out there. And verse 4, it's when they come in from the marketplace. They think, oh, who knows what sort of defilement I might have picked up out there. Or it's when they eat. And who knows what, what I might bring inside me with that I'm not careful. But Jesus says the problem, it is not out there. The problem is in here. Which is then a question for all of us this evening. Um, Do you think that you have an out there problem or an in here problem? Would we, um, we all of us be fine if, you know, if the world would just leave us alone? If we could get away from all the people who annoy us and cause us grief? Or actually, would the problem follow us? Because really, it comes with me everywhere I go. I carry it with me every single place that I go to. Okay, so you ready for our first piece of good news? It's that Jesus enables us to look at our hearts, as in really look and see what is there. 
I said last week that Jesus, he quotes from Isaiah, and we went back to look in Isaiah chapter 29, and we found it full of vocabulary about seeing and hearing and understanding, which we're going to see. It's also huge in Mark 7, and actually will be huge in Mark's gospel all the way through until Christmas. People seeing or not seeing, hearing or not hearing, understanding or not understanding. Um, And it's here, verse 14. Jesus wants them to listen, wants them to use their ears. Verse 18, don't you see, wants them to use their eyes. And actually, both of those verses really are about understanding. Listen, everyone, and understand. Uh, Or verse 18, are you so dull? It's not about them being boring. Uh, It's the same word as understanding, just in the negative. Why don't you understand? See, Jesus offered the crowd and his disciples a chance to see, a chance to look inside their own hearts, a chance to to see the uncomfortable truth. And I can offer you that same chance tonight. Would you like to see? Are you brave enough to look at what is there? Is this something that you would like to understand? Look at verse 20. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. And and just notice here how very far we are from the British middle class assumption about human beings. I think the general assumption is, you know, the problem is out there, certainly, But at worst, the problem is that that sometimes I might do some bad things, some bad actions. But but most people think that their their heart and their thoughts, um, those are the good bits, aren't they? Those are the the real me. Well, Jesus uh, says, actually, no, out of the heart come evil thoughts. It's the thoughts that are the problem. And it's the thoughts that lead to the actions. When I act in that way, I'm acting consistently with what I'm really like, with the real me. And it's not the fault of anybody out there. It's the fault of me. So Jesus has put together quite a list for us. I don't know how you felt as as Pritha read it for us. I'm going to read it again. I'll read it fairly slowly. And it would be easy, I think, just to let this wash over you. But I would encourage you not to do that. Individual bits of this list may not apply to you in the same way as they do to the person next to you. But Jesus' point is that we all of us, we appear on this list somewhere. And most of us repeatedly and throughout. So look down, I'm in verse 21. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. And that is, that is what's inside us. 
Uh, that's the consistent message of Jesus' teaching and, in fact, of the, of the whole Bible. If you've been part of Roots, you'll know that we've been seeing this in Romans each week. If you're a student, I think you've been seeing very similar sections of Luke's Gospel week by week. Um, inside us is a heart full of these kinds of thoughts. So why is it that um, such a high percentage of people in this room struggle with pornography? Uh, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be weird if we had all sort of stumbled by accident into the same external problem and it had nothing to do with us? I can't understand why all the good, clean people are consuming this material where people are mistreated and objectified. Wouldn't that be strange? But Jesus says, actually, that the first moment that your eyes saw an image or a, a video that was intended to sexually stimulate you, your heart was ready for that because our hearts are full of lewdness and sexual immorality and adultery. It's just making a connection to what was there in the heart all the time. Kathleen told us that we've got this all-church meeting on Thursday, and that is to discuss how we respond to a Church of England that is redefining sexual immorality. But you see from here, Thursday night is not going to be a meeting of the clean people. Meeting of the clean people talking about some other group, uh, somehow worse than them. It will be a meeting entirely made up of people whose hearts are like this. That'll be the people speaking at the front, be the people attending the meeting. It will be all of us, sexual sinners, every one of us, because we all come equipped with hearts like this. And also, we're not talking about um, sex on Thursday night because sexual sins are more serious than the other kinds. They're just mixed into this list, aren't they? It's simply that those are the ones up for redefinition at the moment in our denomination. See, Jesus here, he's just as interested to ask us about our truthfulness, about deceit and slander. And again, that, that temptation to lie, to get ourselves out of trouble at work, that, that's not really caused by our terrible boss or the terrible circumstances we're in at work. It's caused by the heart that I walked into the workplace with. So this verse, it, it's not pretty and it's not comfortable, but it is good, isn't it? To look into our hearts and see the reality. And when this was first explained to me, I did not like it. And um, someone then, uh, or very soon after, gave me a challenge. Um, and it went like this. If you think that your heart is different, and I hope there are, there are people who've come here from all over the place tonight. Um, I hope there are people here who are thinking, this is not what I think is true. I disagree. Uh, if you think your heart is different and Jesus is wrong, well, they said to me that it should then be just quite easy, shouldn't it, to go for a week without doing any of these things, shouldn't it? No greed, no malice, no lust, no envy, no slander, no deceit, no arrogance, just for a week. Shouldn't that be easy? And I, as they said, they could sort of see my face, I think. So they said, okay then, how about for a day? Just for one day. Do a day without any of these. Prove Jesus wrong. Or, or even um, make your own list. Maybe you don't like this list. Make your own list. Use only the values that you set for yourself. 
Don't let Jesus write the list. And then just try and live one day entirely consistently where you treat everybody in the ways that you've decided would be good. Try that for a day. Jesus thinks that we have a problem with our hearts. And the the human religious response in Mark 7 is to, to desperately try and cover that up, put the mask on so that nobody ever finds out. But Jesus, he's too loving. He won't let them stay like that. Because Jesus thinks they don't just have an embarrassing problem, they have a dangerous problem. And there's nothing wrong with a a bit of makeup, is there? A bit of makeup to cover up a a pimple or something, that's totally fine. But actually, if the cover-up is uh, maybe you put on a, a pilot's uniform, and you use the uniform to cover over the fact that you have no skill at all at flying an aeroplane, and then you use your um, you know, cover-up fake ID, and you walk onto the BA-075 and offer to fly the plane to Lagos, and that is then a dangerous piece of mask-wearing. See, with the Pharisees in view, Jesus, he is saying, hypocrisy is a blindfold. Um, It doesn't just fool other people some of the time, it fools you. These Pharisees, they they really think that they are good enough to sit in judgment on other people. And um, I've told some of you that I had a a very religious childhood. It was 2,000 times in church by the age of 10. Um, and, And it had this blindfold effect on me, Such that when someone first told me that Jesus was about forgiving bad people and that I was one of them, I was angry. I'm not one of the bad people. I'm the most religious person I know. But the the good news for me was that Jesus enabled me to look. Uh, Gave me what I had not had up to that point, the courage and the ability to look inside my own heart and see just some of what was really there. It was like um, it was like watching a film of someone else's life. I'd be going about my normal day, doing my normal things, and this person who I thought I understood, he was angry when he had no right to be. And he was a thief. I was 10, so don't get too excited calling the police, but um, uh, I was a thief. And he was so, so arrogant in his judgment of other people. And his refusal to listen to Jesus. And it was, it was a shock to me. Though I suspect it was not a shock to anybody else. See, polishing the outside, it doesn't work. In the end, it, it fools nobody but you. And it is a destructive, dangerous blindfold. And it is so kind of Jesus to enable me to see. You know, sometimes I, I meet somebody who I think, you're very like how I think I would have been. Jesus had left me alone and just let it roll out over a few decades after that, still blindfolded. Jesus, he is so kind. It's not comfortable, but it's so kind. So the big question from point one is, will you look? Will you look? And if you will, then you'd be ready for our second point, which is that Jesus cleans our hearts. 
See, Jesus, through Mark's gospel, it's, it's less obvious, I think, in our verses, but it goes on all the way through the book. Jesus, he is offering to clean human beings. Right back at the beginning of Mark, uh, John the Baptist came, washing people, baptizing them with a baptism, he said, of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And then Jesus, he came and said the same thing. I'm here to say to you, repent and believe. And he said he's the doctor come to cure the sin sickness that we have. And in our passage, the metaphors, they're still about washing. Somewhere just off stage, the the Pharisees, they're still desperately washing everything except the thing that really matters, which is the heart. We know now what kind of doctor Jesus is. He is a heart surgeon. He can make us clean from the inside out, replace our hearts. And already, maybe you can see the problem with that. For people like the 10-year-old that I was, maybe this is the problem that you have tonight. If you think that you're okay, then you will never, never do anything as humiliating as asking Jesus to clean your heart. Again, do you see the difference? You know, maybe, maybe you'd consider asking Jesus for some help with an addiction or with a bad habit. Be like, strangely, Jesus, you know, the, the very good person that you know I am really has become defiled by something, you know, obviously outside of me that I picked up out there in the marketplace. Would you mind helping? Uh, maybe, Jesus, would you sort of pass me the tools while I, you know, sort this, this out? Jesus, he will clean people who turn their back on their old heart entirely and trust him to give them a new one. Repent and believe. That's what that invitation means from Jesus. And, and if you think that is a hard thing to do, you're right. And please come back next week. We'll meet someone that shows us just how hard this is to do, but also how wonderful. But just for, for one last time tonight, just look at how much we really need this. So again, think about what Jesus has said. This is in the hope that it will help us to ask Jesus for it. The Pharisees, they think they are really, really clean. And they spend hours maintaining that that clean status by washing. But really, Jesus is saying there is dirt, there is defilement that they are unaware of, which is not a great place to be. Last summer, some people from the church came camping with us. I'm not sure any of them are actually in the room tonight. They were here this morning. Uh, And some of them went for a swim in the beautiful river near where we were camped. And it was a sunny day, and the water was clear, and it was refreshing. But um, over the next six hours, some of them began to feel queasy. And then some of them were were really quite unwell. And so we asked one of the neighbors who lived near there, and he said, Oh, no, 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 I don't let my dog swim in that river anymore. They, They pump sewage into it every week. In fact, if you can bear it, when Jesus talks about sewers in verse 19, he's actually saying something even more dramatic. Where is the pump? So um, in the river near Bath, I know where the pump is. I know it's just upstream. But actually, Jesus says, the problem is the pump is your heart. And every waking moment, it is pumping. Pumping out of your heart what it is that you carry inside of you. And that is what defiles you. It's all over you, is Jesus' image. 
We imagined last week one of you uh, waiting for an important first date and um, splashed by a puddle by white van man and desperately trying to get clean again. But the pump image says, don't bother. Uh, Don't bother. Every minute of every day, my heart pumps evil out from inside me. A pump full of sewage that I carry with me everywhere. And again, if, if that is true, if that is the scale of the problem, then what do we say that religious hypocrisy is? Um, hypocrisy is a, a denial prison. Denying my problem means I'm never going to seek help. Someone this week told me about a, a member of their family who was so British that whenever you asked them how they were, they would say, I'm fine, even if they had made an urgent appointment with their doctor And the doctor said, oh, you've asked to see me. What seems to be the problem? How are you? I'm fine. (laughs) The the question we asked each other earlier, why do we care what other people think of us? Isn't it partly because we are so fearful of what they would think if they knew, of how they would judge the, the real us? And maybe you have that concern about Jesus as well. And perhaps um, it's the religious hypocrites who've made that worse for you by pretending to be clean. And I can only say I'm desperately, desperately sorry uh, if anyone from here has done that for you. Uh, I was arrogant. I was religious. I was hypocritical. I was hiding. I was blindfolded. I was in a prison of denial. And when I finally turned to Jesus for cleansing, I discovered that he died for people like me. He knew all about me all along. He knew all of it. He never thought I was one of the good people. And he was always willing to clean the defiled thing that was my heart. And in fact, he was delighted to. There is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 who did not need to repent, says Jesus. He'd be so glad if you would show him your heart and ask for it to be cleaned. And for those of us who have done that, again, just a word for those of us who have, cleaned by Jesus, maybe still struggling with our sinful hearts until uh, we get new bodies in the new creation, but washed clean by Jesus, think about how that changes what this gathering that you've come to tonight is. We're thinking about uh, belonging and inclusion all day today. Um, Do you see how this is the basis for all real inclusion? Because it says that we are all the same. There will be differences of culture and differences of language. But compared to the universal evil heart and the fact that, that Jesus offers that cleaning to everybody and that anyone who trusts him has had that done to them, means that you you can lower the mask to people here, to each other. It is safe. We can be kind to each other. Um, It means that you can believe Jesus about the person next to you even. What Jesus says here is more true about the person next to you than the mask that you can see and observe. It's very freeing, isn't it? To know that what I hide in my heart is the same kind of defiling mess that the person next to me is hiding in theirs. Jesus, he is powerfully reassuring his disciples here 
Remember how we started the, the judgment of the Pharisees, the clean people, uh, telling them they're no good. Jesus says, no, your hearts are the same as theirs. And actually, you have come to the cleaner of souls. So above all, all souls, let's um, this be a place where we help people find Jesus. The, the Pharisees, with their hypocrisy and their human religious cleanness and their blindfold and their prison, they do everything they can to prevent people from coming to Jesus. Jesus, he can clean the murderer and the deceiver and the adulterer and the slanderer. And we are here today to say that was us. And he cleaned us. So the last question is just, will you wash? Um, our next song is a request. Um, do musicians want to come up? Uh, it's a request for a, a pure heart. Uh, so I'll pray as they come up, uh, and then we'll sing that together. Father God, thank you for Jesus, that he tells us the truth. Uh, forgive us that we often we prefer the blindfold, we prefer the denial. Uh, please open our eyes and let us look. Please give us humility that we would ask to be cleaned. And pray, Father, that as we, um, as we speak to one another, as we care for one another, as those with these kind of hearts that you have made clean, Lord, that we would be kind, caring, sharing the gospel with each other uh, as we speak and as we pray together, we ask. In his name, amen.